Who am I? I'm Daniel, and I'm from Detroit. I guess Daniel from Detroit. And I was born into a family of three boys. Um, my mom was or is Pauline Grissom, and dad is David. Now, they had three boys. David is the older. Uh, I'm Daniel, and Paul is the younger one. So David, Daniel, and Paul, go figure. Now, the older brother was David Jr., just for clarity. But this story that I want to share with you is really more about mom than it is anything else. Now, you know, my mom and dad were married. They got a divorce when I was about 13, a lot of drama at the crib. And so, you know, I was sad to see them get divorced on one side of the coin, but on the other side of the coin, I was okay with it because there were a lot of lights flashing. You know, green says go, yellow says slow, and red says no, no, no. And so there was a lot of color switching going on at the crib growing up. And so, um, when they got their divorce, I thought, okay, well, you know, the good news is uh, lights will be green. Uh, but you know what? Um, there was some yellow and some red moments. I can think about a time where uh, I could hear my mother crying in the other room. And, you know, I actually have to tell this part of the story. You can hear the tingle in my voice. So as a son, I wanted to help and support my mom. I was probably 12, 13 years old at the time. And so I just did what I thought I could do to be helpful. And I would go into her room and, uh, you know, sleep on the floor in her room. And that actually would cause her to stop crying. And then she would get up early, I would notice. And then so we started to get up together and go play tennis. And so I kind of felt like uh, that was the beginning of a different kind of relationship with my mom where we were like buddies, like study buddies kind of thing. And then we went on and, you know, we did a newspaper route together. It was the New York Times newspaper route. And, you know, I'd be driving and then she'd be in the car uh, on the passenger side and she'd run it to the door. We would reverse the roles, listen to Stevie Wonder. All I do is think about you. I can remember that old album, Hotter Than July. Y'all remember that? And I give you all this background just to let you know that, you know, my mom was my heart. And so if I'm going to tell my foundational story, I got to go back to mama, right? Dr. Pauline West Grissom. I'm Daniel West Grissom. Now, I got a little PhD, but it's honorary. And it pretty much was earned from the School of Hard Knocks. The University of Adversity is where I got my degree from. She got a real one from the University of Michigan. And um, I just say that just because we were raised to... Uh, get a good education, love everybody, love God, treat people right. Uh, but when it comes to choosing a life mate, mom used to say, hey, if she can't use my comb, don't bring her home. <laughs> and I mentioned that just because it's a life principle that I think is worth sharing. I just say that uh, because again, love everybody, love diversity, but marry mama was pretty much the was the message. And so I went on and married mama, so to speak. Um, uh, Tasia is her name and we've been married for 20 years. And uh, my mom has passed away though. She died of an aneurysm in uh, 1999. Um, I'll tell that story maybe at another time. I probably couldn't make it through the story, but hey, I said, mom, you brought me in. I want to be there when you go out. I'm gonna help take you out, so to speak. So it was me and my mom, at a uh, senior citizen, uh, kind of a rehab hospice place. My two brothers were on an airplane and it was just me. Again, I'll tell you more of that story maybe at another time because I couldn't make it through the story. But the point here is, hey, everything rises and falls on leadership. Would you agree? The leader is the completer. Would you agree? 
and uh, women, the wisdom of a woman, um, you know, the mission of a mom, and um, I'm here to just let you know I'm living proof uh, of all those truths. So, hey, Daniel from Detroit, and this is the beginning of my story. So when my mom passed away, I was dating a young lady and, um, you know, it's been said that you don't make major life decisions after a major life event, especially like the passing of your mom. You know what I'm saying? Well, not your boy, Dan. I went ahead and got married within a year uh, of uh, my mom's death. And I, I loved her. And uh, so that's, that was authentic. Uh, I might have been, you know, trying to fill a gap or two, um, wanting family and wanting to start family. I'm kind of a family man. And, um, well, the reason I give you that background in this transition from the first part of the story that I shared with you about my mom is because um, I got married, but it didn't work out. We were married for about, uh, well, five years on the books. I mean, notice I say about, because if y'all have ever been through kind of a rough relationship or divorce, you know, you know, there's years on the books and there's years in the house, you know, the two might be different, right? And so um, I have to own that though. And my life lesson was this, hey, you don't make lifetime decisions on a yellow light. Let me explain. Green says go. Yellow says slow, red says no. Now, you know, if you had a little intersection in the neighborhood, you might run a yellow light at 15 miles an hour. You know what I mean? You might make decisions to buy a new suit or tie or maybe multicolors that you really can't afford. You can make decisions on a yellow light if they're small decisions, but not major life decisions. Guess what your boy Dan did? Yeah, you guess. I got married on a yellow light. And I have to own that, right? And what it taught me was you don't make life decisions on a yellow light. And so, you know, I can't say that I got T-boned, so to speak, that the divorce happened out of nowhere. Hey, you got to be ready. You got to be a strong me before you can be a strong we. I wasn't there and she may not have been there. But interesting enough, during this time to try to get the marriage, keep the marriage together, there was a knock on the door. Guess who was at the door? The Jehovah's Witnesses. A guy named Malcolm, a lady named Tony, and their two little girls, they were the picture of my success in my mind. We had only been married for a year or two, a little lonely in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I thought, wait a minute, I've heard about these Jehovah's Witnesses, but they seemed so nice. In fact, they were nice. And it was a sunny day. So I said to Malcolm and his wife, hey, we're not gonna do the inside thing, but if you would honor my time commitment, 30 minutes, we can go to the back porch. Guess what, y'all? They honored it. We went to the back porch and, you know, they shared with me their views. Well, over the weeks and the months, guess what? We started to develop a relationship. And you, when you start to develop a relationship, you start to fall in love. And I started to kind of fall in love with my friend and, uh, and vice versa. And we started to go to the kingdom hall. And I give you all this background to say this, I learned another life principle. You don't want to mistake sincerity for accuracy. You know, 
The only test for truth is truth, not sincerity. I have mistaken their sincerity for accuracy. Beautiful people, and you, just 100%. But what I've learned is that you can't subcontract out your spiritual education and uh, the discipling of your significant other and your family to other people. Whether it's a guy in a church on Sunday or a synagogue on Saturday, you gotta do your own homework is what I learned. And connecting that to the marriage, well, I never literally became a Jehovah's Witness. I never got baptized a Jehovah's Witness. Like when you're pledging a frat, you're online, you were in all the meetings, you know stuff, but you never crossed. That was me. I'd knock on doors, I'd be in field service, they called me Brother Grissom, but I got to a point when they asked me to get baptized, which was like for me being asked to get married. And I thought to myself, given the fact that I had made a life decision on a yellow light with my marriage, I didn't want to make that same mistake when it came to God. Get baptized into an organization or to a religion where I was on yellow light. And so while I probably made an error on the first marriage, that error taught me a lesson that I pulled into, which helped me avoid making that same kind of error when it came to a, a religion. Does that make sense? So, hey, if I put it all together, I mean, the principles are, hey, uh, you don't make life decisions on a yellow light. Don't confuse sincerity for accuracy. And, um, and hey, that's my story, uh, spiritual and personal. Thank you so much for watching the making of an entrepreneur docuseries. I just want to take a moment to talk to you. That, that's right, you that's watching right now. Um, you the mom, or maybe you're the dad, or, or maybe you're, you're an entrepreneur, or perhaps you're an auntie or an uncle, but you're someone out there that, that has a heart to give, uh, you have a heart to serve, and as you're watching this making of an entrepreneur docuseries, you may be thinking to yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute, I've had some, some life lessons, I've, I've had some setbacks, I've had some experiences, I've gone through some things that have helped me become a better person, and, and I wanna take that and I wanna release that to other folks. Okay. Maybe you're a speaker and you're already doing it. Maybe you've written books and you've already done that. Or maybe the story that's inside of you, the expertise that's inside of you, the message inside of you, this is the right platform for you to make a bigger difference and a bigger impact in the world. Now, this whole making of an entrepreneur docuseries, um, if you had to sum it up in, in just one word, and it's kind of hard to do that, but as I'm talking to you and you're listening right now, you might be saying, Shay, what's the one word? And the one word I would say is just legacy legacy. Um, there's a legacy I understand that you want to leave for your family, and I get that, but there's also a legacy of your knowledge. There's a legacy of your expertise, and think about this. You're able to share your message or share your story or share your expertise, and, and long after you're gone, they still have a window into the soul of who you are and the impact that that leaves behind. If that's you and you someone that's gonna get the information, you're, you're someone that's ready to do something bigger than just your business and bigger than just making more money, but you wanna have more meaning in the world, uh, do me a favor. Go over to www.themakingofanentrepreneurdocuseries.com. I know that's a long email, a long address, but I want you to hear it again one more time. Themakingofanentrepreneur.com. Now, when you get there, just put your first name and your last name and your phone number and information in there Worst case scenario, you have a meeting with the team and decide, hey, me being a cast member, this isn't a good fit, but I had a lot of fun. Best case scenario, you decide to take a step. Folks understand your backstory, uh, understand what you've been through, 
and uh, the world is much better off um, while you're here. And when the day comes and you decide to transition and, and move on, it's still doing very, very well. So with that being said, I just want to pop in. Thanks a lot for watching the Making of an Entrepreneur series. Uh, my name is Shay Brown. I want to encourage you to continue to watch and um, I'll see you at the next episode. God bless. So, yeah, so the first marriage ended in a divorce. That was basically like 1999, the year 2000. And uh, lo and behold, months later, a friend of mine named Jeff had a picture on his counter. He lived in Chicago. I was living in Cincinnati at the time. I went and visited him and I saw a little picture and I said, hey, who's that? He said, her name is Tasia. You ought to meet her, Gris. You ought to meet her. Now, my last name is Grissom, so my boys call me Gris, right? Like all of us got two little personalities. There's Daniel and then there's Gris. Gris will mess some stuff up, okay? Watch out for Gris. So anyway, so Jeff says, I want to introduce you. And uh, I called Tasia, and um, Tasia wasn't there. She was actually uh, out of town. I talked to her mom, and um, I found out years later that there was a backstory that Tasia's heart was set on someone else. And she was in Jamaica or some fabulous island. And guess what, y'all? She actually bumped into the dude at the resort. He was getting married to somebody else. At this time, Tasia calls her mom. I call her Mama B, last name Battle. This is now my mother-in-law. And Mama B says to Tasia, get on your knees, pray and they pray for healing, and they pray for the right guy to come. Now, Mama B and Tasia tell the story, y'all, that the phone rang at about this time. Actually, they say it rang when Mama B hung up with Tasia, my phone call came in. I still say to, that, to them this day, now y'all geeking it up, it didn't actually happen to that, but they will swear on a stack of Bibles, it did. So I didn't actually get to meet this lady named Tasia, for a few more weeks. And when we did, we hit it off. You know, uh, recently somebody asked me, a young brother asked me, a young man, he said, he said sir, you know, uh, Mr. Grissom, you know, I'm like, where's my father? Is my father around here? <laughs> he said, Mr. Grissom, how do you know when it's time to get married? And I said, you know what, young bro? I think I know the answer to that question. It's time to get married when your girl is your boy. When your girl is your boy, when your girl is your dude, when, 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 when your girl is your best friend is what I mean by that. Like ladies might reverse it, right? When, 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 when your man is your girl, right? G-U-R-L. When that happens, well, I learned that marriage is really about best friendship. And when you find your best friend, that's really when you know, hey, I'm ready to go steady and get married. And Tasia was that for me. And in fact, Tasia, if you get her on camera, will tell you that she saved my life in a couple of different ways. And you know what? She actually did. Because when we started dating, I still had some of the JW, Jehovah's Witness, kind of in my system. I mean, remember, hey, I, I love those folks. And 88% of what they taught me, I thought was accurate. But there was another 12% I wasn't so sure about. So I never got baptized, never became one. And so I pulled out a book uh, on Tasia or with Tasia. We were in Vancouver. It was called the Family and Happiness Book. Come on, y'all. 
Who, I mean, the family and happiness book, what could be wrong with that? And Tasia asked me some questions about where the book came from. And she was like, sweetheart, I'm sorry, but not going to study from that book. She was more grounded than I was spiritually. And you know what? She helped me heal from the transition from the Jehovah's Witnesses to what I feel is the full truth, spiritual truth about God's word, which I believe is found in the Bible. And so uh, Tasia and I got married uh, after two years of dating. And uh, I proposed to my wife at a Tony Robbins seminar. No joke. It was called Date with Destiny. Now in the room, there must have been 500, 750 people. And so I pre-planned it with Tony's staff and ultimately talked to Tony and I got up on stage. Tasia didn't know what was coming. I had him play some, uh, some music. Uh, it was um, John, one of John Lennon's songs. I can't remember the, the name of the song at the moment, but I'm gonna come back to y'all with that. And Tasia just boohooed and cried and I went on over, gave her the ring. And, and then a few months later at another Tony Robbins event, we got married in Las Vegas. So Date with Destiny was the event that I proposed to in February of 2002. And then we got married in May of 2002 at something he called Health Mastery. Well, he ended up canceling that, but we had already made plans to be in Las Vegas, so we did Las Vegas anyway. But the point is, uh, my wife, Tasia Battle Grissom, uh, has been uh, my best friend and has saved my life and um, has been a difference maker. So um, this is Daniel. I just wanted to share that part of my story. Yeah, so I just told you about uh, me proposing to Tasia at Date With Destiny, and I couldn't remember the name of the song. The name of the song by John Lennon is Woman woman. And I just heard the lyrics and they played it for me in the background here. And so you might see in my eyes or hear in my voice some tears because I hadn't heard that song in 20 years. You might consider playing it. Check out those words. Serious business. And I don't own any John Lennon or any Beatles. Don't ask me why I picked that song to propose to my wife. But uh, it's got a special place. So let me try to pick up a little bit of my story. So Tasia and I get married in Las Vegas in 2002. And, uh, but it's a tough time for me. Think about it, y'all. I uh, had just been divorced two years earlier. And I would say it was two types of divorce. One was a marital divorce and another one was a spiritual one. Are you with me on that? And uh, the trifecta, I got downsized about this time. So my money was funny. My change was strange. My credit wouldn't get it. I was just married. Tasia had never been married before and she was on full blast and I was struggling. I had just been married two years earlier. And as I just said, spiritual kind of divorce and then my career got impacted. So I was kind of jacked up. And quite frankly, the marriage for the first kind of year or two was kind of jacked up. Didn't really get off to the start that we wanted it to. Uh, back to the color code, you know, red says, I mean, green says go, yellow says slow, red says no. Well, it was kind of a yellow light. It was kind of slow. And sometimes it'd be flashing red. No, no, no. So, but we hung in there and um, I started a little company called PhD in Results, PhD in Results. And so, 
You know, my whole professional career was about trying to help other people get their PhD in results. You, right? There's a PhD in education, which my mom had. I always wanted to be like my mom, Dr. Grissom, and this was my version of being Dr. Grissom, PhD in results, you know what I mean? And so uh, I struggled, I struggled. I was doing substitute teaching at a little high school called Oak Park River Forest High School, making like $89 a day. You know, I go do that from like eight to two and then try to make some sales calls, et cetera. But my money was funny, change was strange, and uh, my head was bad uh, during this period. Long story made short, I got blessed though in 2003 and I found a company called Spin Selling, S-P-I-N. Now that ain't gonna mean nothing to you, but the point is that particular company targeted uh, Fortune 500 type companies, a Google and IBM and ExxonMobil, Eli Lilly, Africa, Asia. And you know what, y'all? For the next 12 years, I was on a run. I was inside these companies, Google again, for instance. I mean, when I say I was inside, I don't mean like I went in for an hour. I'm talking about 30 different deliveries. Each delivery would be a two-day workshop with adult learners that didn't want to be there. So, you know, you had to be on your game, know your stuff, be playful, but not too, you know, playful. They didn't want any comedians in there. And so, um, you know what? I learned that I might have had a superpower or two. The superpower of being serious about success, but not taking myself too seriously. Being engaging, and, and so it was more of a conversation than a presentation. And quite frankly, I was never really all that great in school. You know, I was you know, one of them 2.5 students, you know, going to public school and then going to Michigan State and all that good stuff. And um, it was the first time I ever felt smart in my life. Because I went into a Google with all the smarty pants, and you know what? They said, Daniel, you got it going on. Up until that point, y'all, really, I had something in the back of my mind like you're not that smart because the school system said I wasn't that smart. But what I've come to appreciate, and this is another good life principle, it's not are you smart, it's how are you smart? See, that's the question that ought to be asked. You know, some people are more verbal smart, some are athletically smart. Are you with me? We all got different gifts, but the school system just says, hey, unless you could do the SAT or ACT and hit these particular numbers, you know, you're not that smart. And so I got swagger jacked, so to speak. You know, you know about swagger. You know about carjacking. Well, we would call that swagger jack. I got swagger jacked mentally for many years. And because of the Google account, I got my swagger back. Well, let me pick up the story. I mean, the bottom line is good things were happening. And then in 2015, this spin selling company, that was kind of my anchor account for me launching my little consultancy coaching practice. They got sold to another company. So the anchor company, the anchor was gone. And guess what happened again? Money funny, change strange, credit wouldn't get it. And I had leveraged myself. Um, I had launched a book called Step Up. I spent about $20,000 trying to make it a New York Times bestseller. None of that stuff happened. I had high debt and I had low income. Can you feel me? Can you relate? So long story made short, I went through some depression and uh, my wife saved my life again. And um, just to encapsulate it, there's lots of detail because it's now 2022, but I think this story, um, it's a real story that happened in about 2017, kind of puts it all together. Um, it was about 2017, I was outside working out, 
you know, trying to get in shape or stay in shape, had my little shorts on. It was summer. I saw a dog. Dog saw me. He looked like a pit bull, so I kicked him before he bit me. But I fell to the ground, skinned up my knee real bad, you know, like back in sixth grade where you outside playing and you fall on the cement, you know, and like you don't have to go to the hospital, but it's all bloodied up, you know, takes a scab and eight weeks to heal. That was me. So I went home and showed Tasia and I told Tasia about what happened. She said, Daniel, I want to meet that dog owner. And I said, Tasia, what you girl, what you talking about? Why would you want to meet the dog owner? She said, Daniel, I'll tell you why I want to meet the dog owner. Because we're family. And what happens to you happens to me. And I thought, oh my God, she really loves me. That's her heartbeat. And I thought, you know what? I need to tell this story more often. What happens to you happens to me. Like companies, sales teams, they should feel that way about the customers. Marketing should feel that way about sales. That ain't the way it is but it's the way it's supposed to be. So one of my keynotes now is what happens to you happens to me. And I think that that's a spiritual principle. I think, you know, God above says what happens to you happens to me. Lead a clean life, go help others, because there will be a day that I'm going to ask you about how you lived your life, Dan. So with that in mind, I would close this part of my professional and personal story by saying, you know, uh, my wife has been a difference maker. Um, earlier, I talked about how, you know, you know when it's time to get married, when your girl is your boy. And let me unpack that just a little bit more. And what I mean by that is, you know, when it's your boy, you like your boy. You love your boy. But see, I've discovered that love will get you married, but like will keep you married. Like, like is the WD-40 of the relationship, so to speak. You got to squirt it around and to make everything do what it got to do. You know what I mean? So... Um, first time I, yeah, well, bottom line, you got to have both like and love. And sometimes like is more powerful than love. Can I get an amen? Hey, so, hey, when your girl is your boy or when your man is your girl, that's when you know, hey, you're in proper position to have a successful relationship and a successful marriage. And so I just wanted to share these things. These are my life lessons. This is my story. I, I'm Daniel Grissom. I'm the owner and the founder of a company called Deal Closer Coaching. And what we try to do is help salespeople, sales team, close deals faster. And so uh, the way we do that, yeah, is by teaching a mindset of what happens to you happens to me. It's a great day. My name is Shay Brown. I just want to speak to you, the speaker, or maybe you're not even a speaker, right? Maybe you're not a speaker, but you have a message inside of you that you want to release, or maybe you have a story, right? A story of your life, a story in your career, or, or maybe, maybe as you're listening right now, you're an expert, right? You're, you're, you're an expert at teaching people how to do something. You're an expert at raising kids. And I want you to imagine for a moment that you had an opportunity to share your message or your story on a bigger stage. Now I'm gonna talk about that in a moment and what that would mean for you if you could reach your target audience, if you're an entrepreneur, if that target audience got associated to the problem that you solve, or if you're a super entrepreneur with sales funnels out there, not only did it get associated to who you were, but they were able to join your list. Now for other folks, that won't make no sense at all. But for you, the entrepreneur, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I wanna invite you over to something called the Comeback Champion Summit. And, and the whole 
purpose of the Comeback Champion Summit is really to do one thing, which is one word, and that is possibilities. That's right, when, when you get a chance to get on stage, uh, you get a chance to do it virtually, and some of you may be in person, and you get a chance to share your story. So something deep, deep inside of you, I always say your message, because some of you have a message or your expertise, then guess what happens? Three things happen. Number one, you get to make a difference. And isn't that why you are on this earth? I mean, I don't wanna get emotional here, but you're really on this earth to make a difference for someone else. Something has happened to you so it can go through you to someone else. And being able to speak on a, on a, on a platform that provides an audience, it's like, a, like having a microphone that allows you to help more people faster. So that's, that's number one. Uh, number two, when you're on a, a platform, I'm gonna invite you to the Comeback Champion Summit, you get a chance to have more meaning in the world, to have more impact and to have more influence. And that's really who we're looking for. We're looking for folks out there who have an interest, want or desire of serving others. So if that's you, that's you, I'm gonna invite you to go over to www.comebackchampionsummit.com. Again, comebackchampionsummit.com. Click the button, it'll say apply to speak. Go through the process. And if it's a good fit, can't wait to share your story over at the Comeback Champion Summit or any one of our platforms that serves other folks. With that being said, um, my name, by the way, is Shay Brown, the Happy Entrepreneur. Make it a great day, everyone, and um, we'll make some good things out. We connect again real soon. See you out. So the one primary principle that I think is supreme over all principles that I go back and teach my 20-something-year-old self might even be my 11-year-old self, is to grow, to grow with God, grow in God. Now, let me unpack that because I ain't trying to get all religious on anyone, but I'd make this point. Everything made has a maker. This watch, somebody made it. iPhone, somebody made it. This building, somebody made it. Your crib, your car, somebody made it. Are you with me here? So you might not know, and I may not know all the details, but everything made has a maker. And I would argue that someone made this thing called life. I would call that person the life coach. And I'm basically saying that the life coach says what happens to you happens to me. The life coach says better your best. And the life coach says come find out more about me. Grow in God. So this thing called coaching, well, professional coaching and sales coaching, that's nice, but the supreme principle and the supreme coaching subject is life coaching from the ultimate life coach. And guess what the life coach book or the playbook of life is? I'd argue it's that book. Now, so I call it the Bible. Maybe for you it's another book, but there is a playbook. You got to learn the playbook. You got to run the playbook. Learn and run that playbook earlier in life versus in later in life. Because tell you what, the University of Adversity is a tough school to graduate from. I know I, I've taken some courses over and over and over again. That's where my real PhD comes from, from the school of hard knots, from the University of Adversity. And God, the life coach, says you ain't got to do all that. If you come to me, read the playbook, I'm going to coach you up. You're going to fumble less and you're going to score more. So this would be my overall uh, guidance. Um, they say readers are leaders. Well, the reason readers are leaders is because 
when you're reading, you're getting coaching. And if you're reading the book, you're getting coaching from the ultimate life coach. And if you study the lives of people who have been living, according to the book, their cleaner lives, their more blessed lives, and they spent less time at the University of Adversity. So uh, you want to do well, do good, help others, um, turn your life around, uh, make good things happen, go to the life coach. And uh, hey, that's the principle of life. That's the guiding light, the supreme principle. I'm Daniel. And hey, I've approved this message. So at this stage of my career, I uh, am the founder and the owner of a company called Deal Closer Coaching. Now that might sound a little salesy to you, so let me unpack it. Uh, what I've discovered over the last 20 years is people don't really want sales training. They really want deals closed faster. So in part, I named it Deal Closer Coaching to basically say, hey, we don't do training. We do deal closing and deal coaching. But even that might be a little bit of a misnomer because here's what I've also discovered, and I suspect you know it would be true also. You don't close deals. You advance relationships. You advance relationships. And so um, now if I call my business, you know, advancedrelationships.com, I mean, that wouldn't make any sense. But underneath the deal closer coaching is really about relationship advancing. Does that make sense? And coaching is really about being a thought partner. I mean, coaching isn't that, hey, you know, I'm northbound and you're southbound. You know, a coach knows more than you. I would argue coaching can be east to west. Coaching is about thought partnership. I know a little something, something. You know a little something, something. Together, one plus one is going to equal three. And um, we do that in a structured way. I've been told that me and my team um, have a superpower of taking complex things and making them simple. You may have heard me take some subjects through some of these videos, complex subject and make it simple. And here's why that's important, because what's simple is easy and what's easy gets done. See, hard don't get done. If it's easy peasy, lemon squeezy, what I've discovered is people will act on it. And the secret sauce to success is action and execution. And that rises and falls based on simplicity. And so we engage, we keep it simple, we keep it playful, maybe like some of the things you've heard me say through, you know, my whole storytelling here, my whole story. Hey, and so uh, we're serious about success, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. And let me just end with this. Hey, we call it sales, but nobody wants a sales call and nobody wants sales training. But everybody wants a good create client value call. And so that's the difference. The more value you create, the more business you can get. In fact, I'll take it one step further. The more helpful you are, the more value you create. And the more value you create, the more business you can get. So really, the name of the game is being helpful. More helpful you are, the more value you create, more value you create, the more business you can get. And that's the mindset and the skill set and the toolkit that we bring to the marketplace. And if you're interested in that, we'd love to be helpful to you and see how we can serve. So I'm Daniel, founder and CEO of Deal Closer Coaching, uh, which is a firm whose mission is to keep it simple, keep it actionable, keep the relationships going based on value, based on being helpful. And uh, I'm, hey, I want to just say thanks for uh, paying attention to me a little bit here.
I'm Daniel Grissom from Detroit, living in Atlanta. God bless you. Hi, y'all. It's Sunday morning. I just flew in from Atlanta, Georgia on Frontier Airlines. Yeah, mm-hmm. Took the cheap airlines, but I had to be here to get expensive with my thinking and with my strategy. Hey, I left my family. I left my wife, Tasia. I left my son, Isaiah, and I left grandma. Mama B is what we call her, and I didn't go to church today. And why am I giving you this backstory? I'm giving you this backstory so that you know that I made a sacrifice. In fact, this is the second time in the last 30 days that I've been here. That's how much I think that this is a smart investment. It is for me. I think it could be for you, but let me give you a little bit more detail. So when I walked in a couple of weeks ago, just like today, I met a team. The music was on, the team looked right and tight and excellence was all about. I mean, it's black excellence, but like President Obama, when it's excellent, it's colorless. And I would say this is colorless excellence. And it reminds me of Motown. I'm from Detroit. Right. And so the Motown sound with Barry Gordy and his team and, 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 and teamwork make the dream work. Can I get an amen on that? There's no question about it. And so here the team has, well, they got teamwork and they got a system. Now, playfully, I've been taught system is like an acronym. Save yourself time, energy and money. System, save yourself time, energy, and money. And if you're trying to do good things, big things, then you go to Motown, where Motown got the Motown sound in the process. And it starts with the head of the household, so to speak, the head of the family, the Motown family, Shea Brown. Now, playfully, I say that there's two guys inside of Mr. Brown. There's Shea Brown and there's Shea Brown. Now, Shea don't told me that's the proper pronunciation. That's the one that's going to make you a million. That's the one that's doing the, the making of an entrepreneur. It could be called and should be called the making of a millionaire because what he's doing is helping people get properly positioned for profitability. Now, your boy Shea Brown, now he ain't got no hubcaps on this Dodge Aspen. You don't want to ride with him. That's the Morgan State guy. Let him go. But come on in here to Che Brown and his team. I mean, behind the camera, you can't see him, it's Che Jr. And then there is Cat, who I call Suzanne DePass, right? You remember the one from the Jackson 5, really got the Jacksons cooking and booking? She's behind the camera too. And one of the ultimates, ultimates the photographer, is the one I call Smokey, Chocolate Smokey. All right, this team together underneath your Barry Gordy and the Barry Gordy Motown sound, will help you go platinum, multi-platinum. Think about the Supremes. Think about Diana Ross. Think about the Jacksons. Think about Marvin Gaye. Think about the Four Tops. I mean, you know them all. Think about Stevie. They all came through a door and there was a Barry Gordy that helped them create a system. I'm saying to you that this is essentially what we've got here. The same kind of Motown sound and Motown system and the same team that can help you make your dream work. With that in mind, I just wanted to share this from my heart to yours and let you know, hey, if you're thinking about making the investment in on the fence, hey, make the investment. We call it ROI, return on impact. Yeah, return on impact. The exposure, the confidence, the strategy, you get it all right here. Hey, I'm Daniel, and I've approved this message. Go Che Brown and expert team.
It's a great day. My name is Shay Brown, and um, I just want to talk to all my entrepreneurs out there. And if that's you, like you, the entrepreneur, you, the business owner, you, the speaker, you, the coach, you, the author, you, the network marketer, you, the person that just want to do more good in the world by solving a problem and you want to be paid. Right. And so think about right now, if you had more high qualified paying clients that was like banging at your door, how would your life be different? Um, when there's more revenue coming in and you're able to hire more people and you're able to make a bigger difference, what would that look like? Or, or number two, maybe there's folks that are coming in right now and they're knocking at your door, boom, 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 boom. But the only challenge you have is you're listening. Listen very carefully because this might be you, so listen very carefully. They're not converting fast enough, which means they're talking, they like you, there's conversation going on, but they're not converting. So there's two challenges, right? Number one, I need to attract my ideal clients who can pay me. And number two, once they get in here, I need to have a system, a sales model or a process so they convert faster. That means they pay you and then they come back. And if you're listening right now, you're saying, Shay, I wanna be able to do that, but I don't want my labor involved. I don't wanna work any harder. Shay, I'm, I'm at a place right now where I'm ready to reach more people. Um, I'm on a mission, Shay. And I want you to listen very carefully. You were called to serve a group of folks out there and you can't serve them right now because you don't have the revenue to purchase the resources that are necessary to execute that big vision. If that's you, as you're listening, any of that resonates with you, I'm gonna give you a website, which is Easy Sales Hub. Again, EasySalesHub.com. Let me just spell that. I know you can see it below, but it's E-A-S-Y, sales, S-A-L-E-S, hub.com. Now, the reason you wanna go over to Easy saleshub.com is that that's the place you can come to and you can do two things. One, we'll do a sales audit. So we'll take a look at your sales process, your sales funnels, and we'll see how those are converting. Number two, you can have the tools and resources you need to be able to generate more revenue with less effort so you can serve more folks. So with that being said, as you're watching, go over to www.easysaleshub.com. My name is Shay Brown. Make it a great day, everyone, and um, we'll make some good things out. We connect again next time. God bless.